And welcome to our Jackson home this week. I am joined by Donna Agnew. She's the executive director of Hands Up Preschool. Donna, thank you for joining us in our Jackson home. Thank you for having me. Donna, uh, you know, you've kind of recently people have started seeing you with Hands Up, but I know that that's probably just not all that there is about Donna. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, a home for me is North Carolina. Um, I've spent more of my life in Jackson than I have in North Carolina, but that's still home. Mm-hmm. Family's there. Um, two beautiful daughters. One is a recent graduate of the University of Memphis, and the other is in graduate of Chattanooga, and she works for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And oh. Actually, both of them um, have, I guess, kind of dreams to make a life in the nonprofit sector. Yeah. I really try to tell them that's probably... You know, anyway, other ways to go, but um, that's their their dream. One likes to travel, and um, the other one is married, and um, that's kind of sort of my family. I have a dog and two cats, okay. and um, love spending time with my animals, and yeah. Yeah, and and so is your background in education or? Kevin, I have done everything. Okay. I have not sold vacuum cleaners, but I think that's the only thing I haven't done. All right. um, I've worked in sales and marketing. That was my first job out of college. Um, then I went into development work for a nonprofit, and then I was a um, professional clown for 12 years. When I'm, wait, I'm sorry. Professional clown. That wasn't sarcasm by any means. No. That was an actual job. I have a degree, Kevin. You have a degree? I have a clown college degree. Yes, I do. Wow. Yeah, no, okay, wait. We can't just move on after that. So what, and what, like, who would hire a professional, who hired Don Agnes Okay, I did a lot of birthday parties for okay. children, but uh, the way I got into it, my daughter was two, we went to a, an event, and we were living in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, there were these clowns everywhere, and I said, oh gosh, this looks like so much fun. Mm-hmm. So I asked someone about it, and they said, well, yeah, we have a, a local group called an alley, a clown alley, and we work together, alley, like A-L-L-E-Y, the circus there, they have a clown alley, and so a local clown alley that did things for nonprofits, so they did, you know, different fundraising events, and all that kind of stuff but they said the way you need to learn about this is to go there's a class at the community college and you can take the class and so we learned makeup which was really for me fascinating because I don't wear a lot of makeup Mm -hmm. as a real person I love to put on clown makeup but anyway so that was kind of fun learned the art of doing that developed my own characters and Mm -hmm. then did uh, kids parties for about 12 years so 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 you know whales travel in pods wolves Mm -hmm. travel in packs clowns travel in alleys that's correct and for those of the listeners that are terrified of clowns, yes. I think that makes them even scarier. <laughs> well, it, it really probably does. And there are a lot of people, you know, you, I tell them that they're on the clown. Like, oh, I don't like clowns. I'm really afraid of them. But um, anyway, we had actually in Raleigh, there was a group of clowns that had been in Ringling um, and Circus. So oh. the talent and the, 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 the creativity they brought, mm-hmm. it was such a great group to learn from. So um, okay, well, we'll a lot keep, of fun doing we, that. So yeah. you did that. Okay, let's, did. let's keep okay, up move on, what move on. Yeah. After that, I worked in, um, I was uh, I worked in um, our church when we came to Jackson, went to Northside Methodist. I was the children's director there. Then I landed uh, at the, um, all these jobs, well, clowning and children's director were part-time because my kids were young and I wanted to okay. be home with my kids. That yeah. was really important to me. And then my youngest started school at St. Mary's and um, the kindergarten uh, classroom needed an assistant. And so I said, okay, well, I'm, yeah, I'll do that. I'm mm-hmm. looking for something kind of part-time. And that led me realizing that this is what I really want to do. I really want to teach. My mom was a teacher, so I didn't okay. think, you know, I think that's one reason I thought I didn't want to try it. What your mom is and saw that. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, went to Freed, got a master's in um, education at Freed, and then went into the public school classroom. So you taught in the Jackson Madison County School? Yes, system? sir, I did. 
What did, what grade did you teach? I taught third grade. Okay. And I loved third grade. I loved everything about my little people. They were, um, I was at Alexander, so mostly low-income children. Um, uh, for people that remember Earl Wyman, it was his last year there as principal, and he was amazing. He taught me so much about um, working with, especially a low-income population, but uh, the teachers there, it was, it was like a family. It was, it was kind of like an old-fashioned mm-hmm. school. It was great. But the third graders that I taught couldn't read. And mm-hmm. I was just, uh, I think my aha moment was actually when I was doing my practicum at um, Lincoln mm-hmm. when I was in school. And I just saw these pre-K kids out on the playground. And I saw kind of sort of, I heard the language and I kind of heard the, the whole grown-upness of these little people who shouldn't be talking about knowing about the things that mm-hmm. they talked about, knew about. That was kind of where it started. And then being in the third grade classroom and just seeing that I am not kidding when I say my kids could not rhyme cat, mat, and hat. That is not an exaggeration. They couldn't do it. And um, so, um, you know, in this system, you kind of have to pass them along because you can't retain all the children that can't do the work. So um, I guess I really questioned at the end of year two. Well, at the year one, end of year one, I questioned myself and thought, hmm, end of year two, I thought, I, I can't do this morally. It didn't feel right to, it didn't feel like I was helping anyone to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you can't do the work in third grade, you surely can't do it in fourth. No, and, or fifth, or yeah. or and it didn't matter how, you know, when you bring a kid into third grade and they don't have basic basic skills and a lot of them didn't have the social emotional skills they weren't ready to learn anyway Mm. so that was um, my exit from the classroom after two short years and then I went into the restaurant business my family needed me to be in um, we had Moe's here in town Mm -hmm. and I was the Moe general manager at Moe's and I worked with uh, the parents of the children who you know Mm -hmm. I mean parents working minimum wage Um, a lot of them you know, very young moms not really understanding how important that early reading to their children, just getting them ready to go to school. So it all seemed to kind of fit, and mm-hmm. I kept telling people that, you know, I'm going to... I kept really talking about all the things that I didn't like about the education system. And then one day I said to myself, well, either stop talking about it yeah. or do something. Mm-hmm. And so this was my do something. And unfortunately, most people don't make that jump. Well, I don't. But I'm glad I mean, you did. I, I'm glad I did. It's been a great, a great experience. But I mean, it's just, it's not. I would never. If you'd asked me if I'd done this, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have gone. I don't do things like that. Yeah, no, no, I don't do things like that. But uh, the right people, the right. I mean, I, it was all part of the plan, so mm-hmm. it worked out. Well, let's head into our first break, and then we're going to talk about the starting of how do you, how does one start a preschool and and um and all about that um which was one of the most i think it's one of the the coolest programs in jackson in my opinion thank you so um so between the tennessee and mississippi rivers this is our jackson home executive director of Hands Up Preschool. And so Donna, I mean, how many years, how, how long has Hands Up been open now? Okay, this is year five of the school being open. So so six or seven years ago, ten, you, ten years, oh, it's ten years <laughs> ten. ago. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Ten years ago, you're like, ten. I'm going to open a preschool, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I'm sure everybody just was like, yay. Yeah. 
Well, looking back, I think, oh my gosh, all the stuff I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know there's just so many rules and regulations and just so much stuff. But had really good people help along the way. We were uh, very fortunate. I was very fortunate to be introduced to Perea Preschool in Memphis. And they are um, a, a similar program. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to learn a lot from them and um, not reinvent a lot of wheels, okay. which was nice. Yeah. Uh, we're licensed to the Department of Human Services. So basically, you know, there's an application process and you learn a lot as you're going through that process. Um, you know, learning about participating in free lunch program. I mean, there's just a lot of paperwork that goes along with this, a lot of rules and regulations. I tell people all the time, I'm just a rule follower, just tell me what the rule is, we follow rules. Um, but paperwork is just, it's a lot of paperwork um, for kids and for staff and for keeping everything in line. But that's basically the way the, the, the mechanics of it, I guess. And then the uh, other part, I guess, is the financial part of it, and that was honestly just um, a lot of prayers because <laughs> we, you know, we didn't know where the money was going to come from, and um, just a lot of people in the community stepped up to the plate, helped to get us going, helped us get going. Um, it just, I mean, like I said, if I had to, if someone said I had to go back and do it all again. Oh my, I don't think I had any idea exactly how hard, mm-hmm. but um, if there's one thing I like to do, it's, it's kind of connect dots. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I know a lot of people and there's a lot of dots. So, mm-hmm. so I was thinking, oh, who can help with, oh, okay, yeah, we'll call so-and-so. So universities have been very helpful, especially Union. We have work study students from okay. Union. Um, just, um, I mean, we have, you know, USJ comes as art on Wednesday afternoons. I mean, we have... Churches that have helped do different things have volunteers that serve meals um, twice a day. So just how it all came together has just been, like I said, connecting the dots. Here's a dot, Mm -hmm. here's a dot, here's a dot, put them all together. So So the first year that you were open was six six years ago? Was uh, 2012. 2012? Yes. Uh, So about four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you start with student-wise? 32. 32? Three-year-olds. 32 three-year-olds. So three-year-olds is a little bit... My wife will tell you, uh, and I am really terrible at developmental like stages. Like, um, I tried to buy a gift that was for a twelve-year-old for a two-year-old's birthday, <laughs> okay. um, and it doesn't pro- quite process with me yet. So, so a three-year-old is a little young for what a regular preschool is. Right? Well, so a four-year-old is usually for what we call in in Tennessee pre-kindergarten. Most people pre-kindergarten is four-year-olds, and um, but three-year-olds we felt like if we have them. Um, because they can go to public pre-k here mm-hmm. and so we wanted to get them at three and hopefully keep them for two years and send them straight to kindergarten or get them at three and then prepare them for that pre-k classroom that they'll be in so we started with 32 threes and then the next year we most of those kids came back and then we added 32 threes again so now we had 64 mm-hmm. and then the next year we had 66 and then so that was one, two, three, four, sixty-six again, and then this year we have ninety because we've added two-year-old children. So you're starting at two. Two. Now, what do you do with a two-year-old? You would not believe uh, we have a, a a new teacher this year. She is from a, actually she's taught in a Head Start situation, but she is trained in the high scope method, which is the curriculum that we use. What she's is amazing. The, what is high scope method? High scope is really just a it's it's a lot of the um, Head Starts use it. 
Um, it was a study done back in the 60s. It's a great way to teach children about choices. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of parameters that go with it, but the big thing is choices. So there's always a choice about everything you do. There's a choice in your daily activities. Mm -hmm. So in the day, the children have a lot of choice about the things they want to do, but also when it comes to making decisions about good choices and bad choices, you know, if I need you to do this thing, Kevin, and you want to go do this other thing right now, I need you to do this thing. So you have a choice. You can do this thing with us, or you can sit over here in the think time chair and think about why that's not a very good choice so um but yeah i mean two-year-olds you get them started on the fine motor skills yeah. i mean we have a sand and water table that has little tweezers and little cotton balls and they work on that um puzzles um lots and lots of music lots and lots of books uh, we go outside every a lot of outdoor time every day um, just throwing balls working on gross motor skills as well as the fine motor skills um just developing that whole little person so yeah, yeah. so so you, and then do you so it's two year olds, three year olds, and then you do pre K? Yes. And so, have you had any graduate out through pre K and go into their? Is that this year or is that? We last year? have children who are in the second grade who were our, our first year kids are in the second grade, okay. and so we track our kids. We mm -hmm. um, now do we track uh, all of them? No, you're going to lose some along the way, mm -hmm. but for the most part, we have an alumni group on Facebook. And we're connected with those parents, so they send us pictures, they send us progress reports, and then we have. Um, uh, a document that allows us to go into the public school this year and get information about where those kids are okay. um, with testing and that kind of thing. So, um, and so you guys are still waiting to see some of that. Yes. To see if anything's yes. really measurable. Yes, but already, I mean, the the best the best measure you can have is when a kindergarten teacher calls you up or emails mm -hmm. you and says, Donna, I have some of your kids in my classroom this year. I just want you to know they are so ready for school. I mean, that's that's, that's awesome. the best news because yeah. if they're socially, emotionally ready, um, academically, that, you know, they're going to be, if, if they come in at one at level A, we can mm -hmm. take them to level B. If they come in at level B to level C, I can't promise you I'm going to take a level A to a level C but I can take somebody where they are and move them to the next level. Yeah. And if they've got the social and emotional confidence mm -hmm. um, and skills, they'll be fine. So let's talk about the type of students that you have at the school. Uh, where where do they come from? What are their backgrounds like? I'm sure it's varied, but... Varied. Um, I mean, the, this morning I had a great-grandmother come in. She has two children, two great-grandchildren who have graduated from Hands Up Preschool. Mm -hmm. um, the, the oldest was a, a victim of sexual abuse when she was very young. Mm -hmm. um, so great-great-grandma uh, doing great things for these kids, but these kids have been through a lot. Mm -hmm. um, just kids who would not necessarily go to... Some of them have been nowhere in any kind of daycare, any kind of sitter. They've just been home. Some have been maybe to a sitter who might have two or three children in the home. Um, so they're not getting as much educational help maybe. Um, and then some have been in other daycare kind of situations and they come to me and say, I want my children to be ready for school. I want them to be doing more things that are academic. Mm -hmm. But again, sometimes what the parents understand is that social emotional has got to be in place. So you've mm -hmm. got to have the skills to use your words and, and not your hands to, you know, get your mm -hmm. friends out of the way and just just the whole package, the whole child. So So are do you target lower income? Is we do, we yeah. do. I mean that's I mean anybody can come to our school. Mm -hmm. Anybody can come. But um, most I will happily say we've really never done any advertising. Um, ninety children this year came from word of mouth, um, and a Facebook page. I mean, um, so it's, it's siblings. I mean, this year we have 
siblings. So we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So mom is bringing one child to the same school, which mm-hmm. is so much fun. And then, of course, we have some people who have chosen to be there, and they can't afford to be anywhere they want to be, but they've chosen to be at Hands Up. So, yeah. Well, how does tuition work for uh, – you've got a wide range of economic – How does is there a sliding scale, or is it free? Yes, or what is it's, it? there's no one that comes here for free, absolutely positively okay. no one. Um, it's four seventy five a month for tuition, and then um, some of our kids receive the DHS certificate funds. Um, if they qualify, that's – I mean, they have to bring that to us. We don't get involved with that. Um, and then they just – you know, they, it's a sliding scale. So I look at the, the total monies coming to the household. Um, if the family's getting food stamps, I mean, that's all part of the total money coming to the household. And how many children are in the household. Um, if the child, the child's never been anywhere, if the mom is not working and she's never played for preschool, she's probably not going to pay $400 a month for the child to be there. Um, so, you know, just trying to make that, that judgment is, and it usually works out to be pretty pretty spot on mm-hmm. to what people can do because if I ask you to do something and know that two months from now you can't possibly do it yeah we're not gonna you know we're not gonna be together at that point so yeah. anyway and do, is there parent training education there is and that's the best part um, parents have to do three hours a month volunteer work at the school regardless um, regardless yeah. everybody does that and I told them all the, the other night at the first parent class I said please don't tell me you're too busy because I can assure you you're no busier than I am I said so you know this is for everybody this is not special you work two jobs I mean we have people that work two jobs um, but figure out a way to do it because you have a grandmother you have a uncle you have someone who can help you do these hours for your child and we make that easy there are things they can take home there are things that they can participate in like Christmas activities I mean they just have to be a part of the school and be, you know, we have a Raising a Reader program. So if they read to their children at home, they get hours for doing that. And they can't get all their hours that way. But anyway, we make that easy. And then there's also one parenting class a month. Um, and that is, you know, we talk about budgeting. We talk about reading to your child. We talk about structure and discipline at home. Um, as I tell them all the time, you know, there's being a parent is not an easy job, and we're not going to tell you how to do it. We're going to partner with you and help you hopefully make that easier for everyone. So, parent classes, I tell people all the time, I love the little kitties, but the when I see what has happened with some of my parents, to me, that's the amazing part. Because mm. I think you invest in early childhood education, and there's no, there's not a quick turnaround. I mean, you got to wait a long time to see what's going to happen. Yeah. But if you can look at a mom, and you can see that that mom has some skills that are going to help her with that child and the next child, and maybe her sister's child or maybe her neighbor's child, then you can start saying, "Wow, this this is going to have a an effect right now. Yeah. It already is." So. That's awesome. All right, well, let's head into another break, Donna. Um, and so from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson home. Jackson home. I'm here today with Donna Agnew, the executive director of Hands Up Preschool. Uh, so Donna, what um, we've talked about this a little bit already, but wanted to kind of go into a little bit more. What are some of the results you're hoping to see for the students that are coming through Hands Up Preschool? Um, I think the best, the, the way to start that is to just say that, I mean, every child um, will first of all receive the confidence. So I love to, I found this Confucius quote, and that's some pretty old wisdom, you know, 522 Mm -hmm. BC. 
But education breeds confidence. Confidence breeds hope. And hope breeds peace. And I mean, you look around the world, I think we're all in a little more peace. But mm-hmm. you think about it. when, And I shared this with our parents at our meeting last week. You know, when you learn to do something, wow, you have a new confidence. It doesn't matter what the thing is. You know, a kid learns to tie their shoes. They learn to swing. Oh, that's my, my that makes me have chill bumps. On the, we have swings at school. And these kids have never been mm-hmm. on a swing before. And they learn to pump their legs. I mean, mm-hmm. that's another thing that you can do. So all of a sudden, you can do another thing. And that's kind of how education works. Mm-hmm. It's just like a building block. So um, to get the, to send these kids to school with that confidence so that when they get into kindergarten, I mean, they're, they're ready. They're ready for sight words. They're ready for, will every kid read at the same time? No, because we're not, we're not made that way. But they'll have the skills inside of them to be ready to read. Um, so sight words, um, math problems, um, relationships, um, uh, whatever it is that they need to navigate through life, through school, they'll have the tools to do that. And we're, we're seeing that with our children. We're seeing lots of them with very positive, um, um, you know, report cards and not so much test scores. We don't, haven't delved into the test scores so much, but just report cards that say they can actually do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are excelling at the work uh, off the charts. We have several students that have well we don't have any student we only have one student their entire time i think that didn't have a really good time in kindergarten Mm -hmm. the other ones we've heard from everybody's just been at level or above so um, again the confidence so if they can start school with confidence and do well in that kindergarten year then it just kind of you know you you just step up to the next level and it builds upon itself and um, again getting those parents to go with them and be involved in school it's just going to make that experience even better. What's where's Hands Up headed? Hands Up is headed. Uh, well, we added two-year-olds this year, so we have 90 kids, and I hope that um, we can. You know, if people ask me how big do I want to be, I want to be as big as the need is. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would really like to see every child go to kindergarten ready, and that's only going to happen with early childhood education. It's got to be quality. It's got to be good stuff. Uh, so. Um, we will grow as we can grow. That always depends on funding. But when we make this move to FE Wright next year, we will add um, indoor play space. We will add parent um, class. Um, dual. It'll be a dual space for indoor play and parent classes. I um, also think visibility will increase so people will see what we're doing. Uh, we also are looking at adding some other social services on this site. So it will be more of a social services hub. Um, but again, just kind of... Um, getting the children ready to go to school, getting parents ready to go with them to school, and so that the parents see some kind of, see a hope for their children, a hope that, you know, Kevin can have a better life than I have because Kevin is educated. Um, Kevin knows how to learn. Kevin's eager to learn. Um, Kevin has goals. Kevin has confidence. I mean, it's it's all those things, so. Yeah. But one thing I will add when we talk about the parent part is I have five parents that work in my school right now. And looking back on the, I mean, that was never, that was never part of my vision. I never really, um, but five moms that never thought, one's actually a young lady came from the Dream Center and she is going to go to school this year. She's got, gotten her GED and she said, I never thought, never thought I'd be able to go to school and have any kind of a career. Mm. Um, and she's, she's going to be a teacher. She really likes kids. So that's just kind of a bonus that, you yeah. know. And then to have five parents in our school, that, um, that to me is just like icing on the cake. Mm. So anyway. 
So all that being said, how can people support, engage with, uh, hands up, and, and help um, help hands up continue to grow and support our community? Well, we need uh, always need volunteers to serve breakfast and lunch. That's just a biggie um, to help with our library. Um, to um, I, I don't want to answer this in the right way. I mean, obviously, it takes money to make something like this yeah. work. But I have a belief that you know every twenty-five dollar donation it is it all adds up. So you don't have to be able to write big checks to help hands up. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could build a foundation of enough people that send us twenty-five dollars a month, uh, we could roll this thing into whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we're working towards. Yeah, and how can they keep up with Hands Up? Hands Up has a Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, it's just Hands Up Preschool, and we also have a website, handsupjackson.com. Um, but love to have people come by. You don't have to have an appointment. You can just ring the bell. We'll buzz you in because we lock our doors. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll love to show you what we do because I think people come in and, and see it, and they are they walk away. I mean, my teachers, all of my uh, lead teachers are degree educators. They so have a master's. Um, so, you know, we know what we're doing. We know mm-hmm. what we're doing with little people. But it's also more of a, a family, really. It's like a family. Mm-hmm. So, You mentioned you, you're going to be moving to Effie Wright, but where are you at? Where's the physical location right now? Uh, 185 Greenfield Drive. It's in the back of Skyview Estates off of Hollywood. Most people know that neighborhood. It's been around for a long time. Okay. So we're hidden. We're hidden behind St. Mary's on the bypass. You just can't get there that way. Gotcha. So. so you have to go around that way. Yes. All right. Well, Donna, thank you for helping to make Jackson a better place and choosing to call it home. Thank you. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Code. To find out more about The Code, visit their website at www.atthecode.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read about how amazing Jackson is, visit our Jackson home.